are the Rookie Phenoms. We have an amazing show for you today. I'm your host, Coop, with my main man, Webb. We are going to be breaking down the Pacific and Northwest divisions in the Western Conference for the NBA. We will be coming back on Thursday to finish the Atlantic and Southwest divisions. We wanted a little clarity on how the situations would play out in Brooklyn and Philly before we did that division, and these previews went really long. So let's jump right to it and start with the Pacific Division in the Western Conference web. This is Webb's team. It's his division. He has been looking forward to this show for months. So I am going to do everything in my power to make this hell for him. So get ready for that. In 2020 to 2021, this division finished Phoenix in first at 51 and 21. The Clippers in second at 47 and 25. The Lakers in third, but it should have been fifth at 42 and 30. Golden State at fourth at 39 and 33. Sacramento in last at 31 and 41. Phoenix were the two seed. The Clippers were the four seed. Lakers were in the play-in game as the seven. Golden State was in the play-in game as the eight. The Lakers were eliminated in round one of the playoffs like the losers they are. Well, All right, that's enough recap. <laughs> I'm just trying to give the listeners as much information as possible here because I am good at my job. Webb, Glad you believe were you, that. Were you surprised by this division last year? Because I think it played out pretty much exactly as I thought. Um, No, because... I thought Phoenix was going to be a good regular season team. Once LeBron got hurt, I figured I figured Lakers would falter. So in a way, I'm surprised that Lakers had to be in the playing game, yes, but I'm not surprised that they didn't finish first in the division after that. Um, I thought Golden State would be bad, so I didn't. I wasn't surprised they didn't make the playoffs. Unlike Coop, who thought they'd be third overall in the conference. <laughs> I was hoping you'd forget about that. <laughs> not at all. I have it written yeah. down. Yeah, it's probably smart for you. <laughs> Let's start with Golden State. We're going to go alphabetical order as always because I am a simple person. Again, in 2020, their record was 39 and 33. Respectable record. Their coach is still Steve Kerr. I think he's an elite coach. Do you agree with that sentiment? Uh, he's a good coach. I still have my my questions about him. I don't know if he made them that much better with uh, you know, than what Mark Jackson did, but He's in the upper tier, sure. Really I quick wouldn't... question. Really quick question for you. With Mark Jackson and the same team, basically, did they win the title? No. And Steve Kerr's first year, what did they do? They won the title, but it was That's a That's not much loss. better? That's not much better? I mean, would you say John Gruden's a better coach than Tony Dungy? He's better at some things. <laughs> and he, it was basically, it was a similar sort of thing. Um, I'm not saying that, that, that Tampa was the exact same. But similar. Okay. If you, Mark Jackson is better than Steve Kerr. Got it. No, no. <laughs> I'm Got not it. saying that. I'm just saying that I'd like to see Steve Kerr with operative another team. I think he's a good coach. I just don't know if he's like, if Pop were to retire, I wouldn't have Steve Kerr as the number one coach. After today, we may not have, we may not have Pop as the number one coach, but we'll see. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> In the draft, they had two lottery picks. Round one, pick seven, Jonathan Kaminga, power forward from the G League. And round one, pick 14, Moses Moody, a shooting guard from Arkansas. I liked Kuminga. I don't like him in Golden State. And I thought Moody was okay. What were your thoughts about this? Uh, mine was the opposite. I thought Kuminga was eh, uh, and Moody was a great pick. But because of what I think about the Warriors roster I, and them having two picks in the lottery, you have a little flexibility to experiment i think kuminga needs to develop and play and i don't think he'll get that in golden state that's why i don't like the pick for them right. when's he gonna play they're too good right and 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 that's why i'm okay with golden state selecting them because they have that that luxury to sort of gamble with the picks if this were like orlando or something i would say don't select kuminga because unless you think he's gonna be a franchise altering player that's my only thing he's not Okay, in free agency, they signed Andre Iguodala, one year, $2.6 million for Miami. And Otto Porter Jr., my fantasy star, one year, $2.3 million from Orlando. Webb, these, these signings mean very little to me. 
Do you think these are game changers for Golden State? No, it's just deepening their bench. Sorry, their rotation. Um, adding depth to the roster, which I think was really good. Is Andre Iguodala still like an important bench player? I don't think he is anymore. He looked pretty washed last season. I think it's a little different because he's going back to Golden State. He has that chemistry. He has that familiarity. Is is he going to be like an integral part of Golden State? No, but because he was there before, I feel like he's a good fit. They had some losses as well. Kelly Oubre Jr. to Charlotte for two years, $25 million. And Kent Bazemore to the Lakers for one year, $2.4 million. You were a big Kelly Oubre fan. I was never a big fan of his. And I think Kent Bazemore is pretty bad what do you think about these losses also i say he's pretty bad because he's on the lakers i just like annoying you i was never a big kelly uber fan i'm okay on him uh he was horrible on golden state so him leaving was probably addition by subtraction um they also lost eric pascal who i I like um i thought he was solid baysmore they don't need a guy like baysmore with the guys that they have on golden state so uh, in summary, no big losses. Okay, let's get to their strengths and weaknesses. Before that, we will go over their roster. Like always, their starters. Steph Curry at point guard. Shooting guard, Jordan Poole. Small forward, Andrew Wiggins. Power forward, Draymond Green. Center, Kevin Lo- Looney. Their second team, Iguodala. Order, Otto Porter Jr. James Wiseman. Kuminga, Moses Moody, and Damian Lee. There's a lot there, Webb. A lot there to take in. What do you have as this team's strength? Um, I have a couple of strengths. So one would be the outside shooting. Two would be the depth. I think this is one of the deepest teams in basketball. Um, they still have Clay Thompson on injured reserve. And I think this can still be a strong team even without him while he's on the mend. And obviously the outside shooting. They have Steph. They have Jordan Poole. Uh, they have Damian Lee. Otto Porter. These guys can all hit the three. Obviously, Steph can, and then to th- and then even Wiggins can hit hit the three sometimes. Then throw in Clay Thompson when he's back. Uh, that's good. And this is a, a great second unit that they have. Really well put together team. I agree. I wrote shooting outside shooting. They have Steph. That's all you need to say. They have the best outside shooter maybe ever, and they're gonna shoot the lights out. Clay is due back apparently sometime in December. He'll add a big boost to this roster. Hopefully, he can stay healthy. But we, we disagree a little bit because for their weakness, I wrote their depth at bigs. I don't like relying on James Wiseman. He showed very little last year. I'm not sure he's going to be ready to play this year. He's still injured. I don't think they have enough size on their bench or on their court, really, like the starters, to defend anybody. Who there is going to stop Anthony Davis? Who's going to stop Aiden? I just don't see it on this roster right now. So that's their weakness for me. Yeah, I have that as a weakness as well. The front court is thin. I still think the team is very deep. I think the, you know, the second you knew it, uh, Jordan Poole, unless he starts, um, they have Damian Lee, Iggy, Moses Moody. I think this is a very deep team. You're right. They are thin in the front court. Um, James Wiseman, eh. Mike Mulder, Bielitsa, Kevon Looney. Like, I think, I think it's a very, um, it's a stacked team in terms of the positions. But in terms of the front court, yeah, they are very thin. They're undersized. And I have another weakness of theirs as possibly relying on the three too much. With Steph, that's impossible. They always go in. He never misses, so. I disagree, but. I think you've been watching too many Laker games where they don't go in. When you watch Golden State, they do go in. But it's a little bit different. I I think Steph is, I think I agree with you, the best three-point shooter of all time. But when he's cold, he's ice cold and he's pretty ineffective. Okay, so. Mark Jackson better than Steve Kerr and Steph Curry, <laughs> an ineffective shooter. Got it. Okay. Webb, this team's over under is 47 and a half. Will you take the over or the under? Yeah, give me the over. Oh, really? Yeah, give me the over. This team, this team's hot. I like this team a lot. I'm taking the under. They won 39 games last year. I'm not sure if Clay is gonna play enough to make a big difference. I'm taking the under. This team. Is real top heavy. If Steph misses any time, they're screwed basically. So I'm taking the under. I, I just don't think Steph's going to play 82 this year. Yeah, that's where we disagree. I think even if Steph misses time, this team can still compete. And uh, they won 39 games last year without Clay Thompson the entire year. But I think getting Clay Thompson back is good for about eight or nine wins on top of that. 
Definitely give me the over. First disagreement. I like it. I like it very much. Okay. Uh, we have the team in Los Angeles next, the Los Angeles Clippers. In 2020, they went 47 and 25. Uh, that's better than the Lakers. Their coach is Ty Lu. Webb, do you like him as a coach? As a head coach? Eh, I could take him or leave him. If he was the Lakers coach, would you like him? Yes. Exactly. Uh, he, won a ch- he, he won a title with LeBron, but LeBron basically coached that team. So I kinda, I'm kind of where you are. I could take him or leave him. It's fine, I guess. He looks good in the sidelines, at least. Yeah, yeah he's still the coach. I'm surprised. Um, a little bit. Because if they had fired him, I wouldn't have been that surprised. That team has been the most, uh, the biggest underachieving team over the last two years in the NBA. Yeah, we, uh, we're going to get to what I think happens to him at the end of the year this year. Let's get to the drafts. In round one, pick 20, they won. They took Keon Johnson, a point guard from Tennessee. Round two, pick 33, they, t- they took Jason Presto, a guard from Ohio. And round two, pick 51, they took BJ Boston, a shooting guard from Kentucky. Webb? You love these second-round picks for all these teams. You think every single second-round pick is going to the Hall of Fame. Very important to you. What do you think of the Clippers' picks this year? You're such a troll. Uh, <laughs> they're solid, man. I think you can find some real gems in the second round. Do they always make the team? No. But you can find some real second, uh, some real gems uh, later on. Uh, I thought it was a solid draft. Game changers? No. It's solid. Eh. They don't change the game, but they're solid? Yeah, they add a little bit. They add some depth. Add some scoring, but they're not going to – if these guys are hurt, I'm not going to say, oh, well, the Clippers are done. The next guy we're going to get to is hurt, so the Clippers are done. But in free agency, they re-signed Kawhi Leonard four years, $176 million. Immediately had ACL reconstruction surgery. They re-signed Reggie Jackson two years, $21 million. They signed Justice Winslow from Memphis for two years, $8 million. And they re-signed Nicholas Batum for two years, $6.5 million. Before this happened, Webb, I said I would never re-sign Kawhi Leonard, and this is a huge mistake for the Clippers to do this. Then they did it for even more than I thought they would. Do you like these moves for the Clippers? Because I hate them. Uh, I don't like the Winslow and the Bledsoe acquisitions. The Kawhi signing, if you had to ask me, hate it or love it, I love it, even though I don't really love it, but I like it because I think he's one of the best players in the league, and you can't just let him go, ACL injury or not. He's one of the top players in the league. Can't let him go. This would have been a failed experiment in two years. They had to re-sign him. I think soon an owner is going to realize they don't need to pay a guy $45 million to not play basketball anymore. They just don't need to do it. You would think Steve Ballmer would be a smart guy. He ran Microsoft. But nope. Let's just give a guy (laughs) who won't tell us what his doctors say $45 million. This is a nightmare. Hey, Kawhi, how's your surgery? How's your recovery coming? Don't call me anymore, coach. Click. Like, this is a terrible idea. It's going to backfire. Does Kawhi play a single game this season for the Clippers? If it were another player, I'd say probably. But because Kawhi already is a diva, he didn't want to play when he was healthy. So I'll say... (laughs) I'll say no. If I I was a betting man, I would say no, he does not play a regular season game for the Clippers. 100% zero. There is is a 1% chance he plays for eight minutes this season. And I think it's less than that. He's not going to play. I think if he suits up, it'll be in the playoffs, if they make the playoffs. But I don't think he's playing in the regular season. The only time Kawhi's laughed harder than that championship parade is when the Clippers offered him a contract of $176 million. (laughs) He's like, you idiots. After what I've done, you're going to give me this money? All right, cool, I guess. And that's why I think that GMs in the NBA are not going to realize you don't have to pay a guy. 40, 45, 50 million dollars to not play. It's it, I think it's gonna get worse. People are stupid. They're so stupid. So stupid. I, I think it'll get worse. Not only can you dictate where you're gonna go, like as, as in a trade, force the team's hand, but you can also be hurt, collect a check, and and still get a contract. Yeah, it's it's so stupid. The NFL has it right there. Hey, you're hurt, we're not gonna pay you right now. Like come back, come see us next year, we'll figure it out. This is a terrible idea for these teams. It's if you had an employee at your business and he's like, "Hey, co- hey, hey, boss, I'm not coming in for a year. Pay me, please, and then give me three more." <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you how I'm doing. You can never call me. That seems like a failure. That seems like a way to to have your business fail. 
I'm not an expert here, but it seems like a mistake. Shows you the, the position that the Clippers are in. They're building a new stadium. They're trying to have Kawhi around for the time that it it opens. Uh, they're desperate, man. It sucks they're... being a little brother. <laughs> I mean, I think they had more wins than the Lakers, but okay. Uh, in free agency, the Clippers lost nobody. So good work there, Clippers. Webb, I think this team's strength is that they are not the Lakers, so people don't hate them. What do you think their strength is? Um, I think that they can shoot the ball from outside. Uh, even without Kawhi for the majority of, or like half the playoffs, um, they still they still were able to shoot the ball at a high clip. Reggie Jackson hit, hit the three, Marcus Morris, Paul George, Luke Kennard, Batum. Um, I almost said Justice Winslow. Wow. Uh, Serge can hit the three. They have guys that can hit the three. So I, I think they'll be competitive. They have a scrappy team. Um, and they're a little like blue collar deep, but not really. So my strength is really their outside shooting. They'll stay competitive because they can, they can hit the three. Over there, starters again. Uh, the point guard, Reggie Jackson. Shooting guard, Eric Bledsoe. Small forward, Paul George. Power forward, Marcus Morris Sr. Center, Zubach. Their key start, their key bench guys are Terrence Mann, Nicholas Batum, Serge Ibaka, uh, Luke Kennard, who got, I think they gave him an extra $100 million this year to make up for the bad contract they gave him last year, and Justice Winslow. I, I think their strength is defense. Uh, like, uh, front court, I think Zubach is a good defender. I think Marcus Morris Sr. can defend. I think Paul George is a really good defender when he tries. So I think they have some decent front court defense. And if Surge can somehow find a way to be the old Surge again, they could be a really strong unit. What is this team's weakness, Web? That's solid. They can, they can be a decent defensive unit. Um, well, Kawhi being out is a huge gaping hole in this team. Uh, I'll say the backcourt. I don't trust any of these guys. As much as good as Reggie Jackson played last season, I don't want the ball in Eric Bledsoe's hand ever. And uh, Luke Kennard's a little... Uh, a little bit of a, a spotty shooter, um, even though he kind of saved them in some games in the playoffs. Uh, I'll also say their interior presence. No one in the front court scares me at all. And if Paul George gets hurt, this team is, they don't have anyone to really uh, pick up the slack. I agree with that, what you said, basically. Yeah, their weakness, uh, their guard defense, I wrote specifically, because yeah, Eric Bledsoe is bad. Reggie Jackson doesn't try on defense. Yeah, I just think this team is very, very bled to me. If Paul George goes down there, over for sure. So their over-under is 45 and a half wins. I'm taking the under. It's pretty clear to me as well. I don't think Kawhi plays this season. Team's going to take a step back. Hard under for me. What do you have, Webb? Yeah, I have the under as well. Like last, their, their over-under is 45 and a half. They won 47 games last year. Why would they do anything close to what they did last year when Kawhi played? Uh, as weird as sports are, sometimes these teams do well. But I still will take the under. I'm not saying they'll be like horrible, but I think 44, 43 wins is 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 a safe bet. I agree. Okay. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers are up next. In 2020, they went 42 and 30 and had an embarrassing first round playoff exit. Their coach is uh, champion Frank Vogel. Webb, he was very mediocre in his first stop. How is he doing as the Lakers coach? I don't think he's ever going to be on the Mount Rushmore of Lakers head coaches. Uh, he's fine. Like, I like him. He's fine. He got an extension this summer. Is he a top five coach in the league? No, he's fine. I'm okay I mean, with Le- LeBron's your coach, so that's basically what it is. Uh, somehow the Lakers had no draft picks this year, which I thought was impressive. So we don't need to cover that. But they did sign everyone in free agency. Taylor Horton Tucker re-signed three years, $30 million. They got Kendrick Nunn from Miami for two years, $10 million. DeAndre Jordan from Detroit for one year, $2.6 million. Rajon Rondo from Memphis for one year, $2.6 million. Carmelo Anthony from Portland for one year, $2.7 million. Dwight Howard from Philly for one year, $2.6 million. Malik Monk from Charlotte for one year, $1.7 million. Trevor Ariza from Miami for one year, $2.6 million. And lastly, Kent Bazemore from Golden State for one year, $2.4 million. Well, I know you're going to say all of these signings are great, 
but which one did you specifically like the best? I really like the Russ acquisition. Um, Dwight Howard bringing him back. Malik Monk. I think those are my favorite because um, of what Dwight did. And and I really like the Rondo one too. So there's no one specific one I like, Coop, other than those four. Bringing back the 2019 to 2020 uh, uh, part of the championship team. They also brought back Avery Bradley uh, this week. Um, so I like that. They, they brought in some some two-way, three, three and D guys. The Lakers' biggest hole was outside shooting. And I think that's what they addressed this free agency uh, period. I guess that's one way to look at it. Sure. You want to be wrong. Uh, they had some losses in free agency. Alex Caruso went to Chicago for four years, $37 million. Dennis Schroeder went to Boston for one year, $5.8 million. Markeith Morris went to Miami for one year, $2.6 million. And Andre Drummond went to Philly for one year, $2.4 million. Were these big losses for the Lakers? No. Uh, you know what? From a sentimental point of view, uh, Caruso was a big loss because I really miss Caruso. Um, Russ is a huge upgrade over Schroeder. Drummond barely played, and when he did, he was ineffective. He looked lost. So, no. And reports are that Andre Drummond has come into camp very out of shape this season. So maybe you guys thought your boat on that one. It's hilarious because he got a huge pay cut and he's on a one-year deal. You think he would come motivated? Nope. It went real easy. I'm going to be a nice guy here. What are the Lakers' strengths? I won't criticize you what you say. I will give you as much time as you want. What are the Lakers' strengths? You have 45 seconds. This is incredible. Uh, so I, I love what the Lakers did. Addressing the three-pointer, or the lack thereof, the ability to shoot from outside. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm not doing this as a bit. I want to say their, their depth chart before you get into it. So everyone sure, knows who this. Sure, sure. The point guard, Russell Westbrook. The shooting guard, Wayne Ellington. Small forward, Kent Bazemore. Power forward, LeBron ja- James. Is that, is, that, is that a player? LeBron James, maybe? Is that his? That's somebody? Uh, James LeBron. Okay, thank you. And their center is Anthony Davis, uh, a terrible person. Their backups, their key backups are Kendrick Nunn, Malik Monk, Taylor Thornton Tucker, Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard, Rajon Rondo. Uh, yeah, that's about it, I think. So you can give your strengths now, Webb. The floor is yours. Yeah, well, obviously, uh, the uh, outside shooting, like I said before, best three-point shooter on the Lakers last year was Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Other than that, it was pretty pretty uh, uh, bereft of any um, outside shooters that were prolific. Now they have all of that. Three-headed monster and Russ, AD, and LeBron, fantastic in the pick and roll. Um, especially bringing in DeAndre Jordan, Dwight Howard. Just operating in the half court in general would be a huge strength for the Lakers. The experience, LeBron, uh, AD, uh, Rondo, Dwight Howard, uh, Trevor Ariza. These are all championship uh, players, some of which are on the, the, the championship team from two years ago. Uh, very excited for this team. Experience. Um, also have some defense on this team. I'm, I'm very excited for this team. I, I agree with you partly. I think their strength is top-end talent. Russ, LeBron, and AD, elite talents. Uh, I, I think that is, that is the key to this team. But if one of those things goes out, the team is doomed. It's what, for their weaknesses, injuries killed them last season. It's why they lost in pathetic fashion to the Phoenix Suns. And it's what could kill them this year as well. If AD gets hurt, you don't want to rely on Dwight Howard in the playoffs to start for you. If LeBron gets hurt, you don't want to rely on Carmelo to start for you. And if Russ gets hurt, you don't want to rely on Kendrick Nunn to start for you. I just think those are that's the key issue with the Lakers this season. If someone gets hurt, they're they're gonna be hurting Webb because this team is all 38 years old. It's one of the oldest teams I've ever seen assembled. LeBron just wanted to get his friends back in town. DeAndre Jordan hasn't played competitive basketball in like three years. Carmelo Anthony, I don't know what's going on there. I just think that this team is very old and old people are injury prone. So I could see that being a gigantic issue for this Lakers team. My issue isn't so much with the age as it is with the history of injuries with this team. Russ used to be an Iron Man. He's not going to stay healthy for a full year. LeBron used to be an Iron Man. He's not going to stay healthy for a full year. AD. 
never an Iron Man. He's going to get hurt. Um, so the big three that I just bragged about uh, won't play 82 games this year. On top of the fact that they're going to just sit out games for uh, load management. Um, I also have an issue a bit with the front court. And I think the front court is really good at rim running. Dwight Howard is is great at rim protecting. Um, AD, obviously a monster, defensive player of the year candidate. But other than, other than AD, like you said, if AD was to get out, was to get hurt, I don't know how they would operate in the front court on offense. Like you give the ball to DeAndre or Jordan or Dwight Howard, what are they going to do with it? Like it's different with Marc Gasol, who can be a playmaker or hit the three, but he's gone now. Um, what do you? He was. What he, he was too. He was too old for the team. <laughs> he never really had a place. I think he always was kind of an afterthought. Yeah, it's bad. Web. It's bad. It's going to be a tough year for your like Lakers. Marc Gasol was the glue that held them together. Now he's gone. So tough break. <laughs> Their over-under is 52 and a half wins. Surprise us, Webb. Give us your thoughts. Over or under for the 2021-22 Los Angeles Lakers. It's tough, man. I think that 52 and a half is right about smack dab where it should be. This team won 42 games last year. I'm going to say the slight, slight over, slight. Um, this team was on their way to 50 wins last year before LeBron went down, before AD went down. So give me the slight over. This team is deep enough that they can still compete when one of the big three or two of the big three are out. Give me the uh, give me the over. Give me the hard over. This is a 63-win team. Easy 63 win. 65 at least. This is the best team in the league. This is clearly the best team in the West. If this team loses, if this team doesn't win 53 games, it's an embarrassment to basketball. That's just 100% true. This is the greatest team ever assembled. LeBron will tell you so himself. This is better than the 85 Bears. Like This team would win football games. That's how good this team is in basketball. Like, it's crazy how good this team is. Easy over 53. That's a lock. Like I'm putting mortgage payments on that. That's going to the bank tonight. Wow. Guaranteed. 100%. 100%. For all the easy, listeners. Right? Easy money. Easy money. Russ, uh, Russell Westbrook has a documentary out on Showtime. I think it's called Passion Play. Uh, it's supposed to be good. I'm going to check it out. I invite everyone to, or I, I suggest everyone to check it out. It's not a passion when you're getting paid $50 million a year to do it, okay? <laughs> Just for the record. It's ridiculous. I, I love Russ, man. I don't know why people hate on him so much. Like, I know no. he turns over the ball a lot. I know he makes bad decisions late in games. But, like, the other 80% of what he does... Is so exciting and so fun. I don't get why the the hate. I like Russ. It's the name of the documentary is terrible. Have it called like I get paid a lot of money for this. Like don't say it's for passion. No, it's not. Russ is that guy who who's more passionate than Russ in the league. Game in, game out, every night. A guy doing it for free. If Russ (laughs) played for zero dollars, that's okay, fair enough. It's it's passionate. He's not. Whatever. Dwight Howard. Signed for $2.6 million. Carmelo signed for $2.6 million. That's passion. They could have got more than that. In a retirement league somewhere. Senior circuit. Wow. Let's get on to Phoenix, Webb. In 2020, they went to the NBA championship. They lost to Milwaukee. They went 51-21. and 21. Their coach is Monty Williams, who I think did a great job last year. Excellent coach. He came second in coach of the year, right? You could be right. I don't remember. I think Tibbs won and he came second, but that yeah, could Tibbs be reversed. Won. Tibbs won, right? Yeah. Um, Monty may have come second. It's been so long. I don't remember. But just as a pat on the back to me, you know, because I never will shy away from doing that. I had him as my preseason coach of the year in 2020. Just saying. Just saying. So you're bragging about getting something wrong? Congratulations. <laughs> I'm bragging about getting something that I think the league recognized. But the, the the job that Tibbs did uh, was just with the Knicks was just too much to uh, to pass up. Hey, listeners, I want to pat myself on the back too, because last night in the Tennessee game, Tennessee versus Buffalo, I picked Buffalo to win, and Tennessee won. But Buffalo came in second in that game, so congratulations to me. That's basically what Webb just did, which is insulting. Usually, what happens? Who chose Tennessee to win and cover? Well, to win and cover, obviously. Well. 
I mean, that's ba- they came in seconds. So that's basically correct. In the draft, uh, the Phoenix Suns had no picks as well. That is going to be a theme for this show. In free agency, they made some key signings. They re-signed Chris Paul for four years, $120 million. They re-signed Mikhail Bridges, five years, $90 million. They re-signed Campaign, three years, $19 million. They signed JaVale McGee from Denver for one year, $5 million. They got Alfred Payton for the Knicks from one year, $2.2 million. And they re-signed Frank Kaminsky for one year, $2 million. I think a lot of these signings were good. I like giving Mikhail Bridges that the years and the money. I thought he played well last year. Frank Kaminsky, I thought, played pretty well for them last year. I think giving Chris Paul four years and $120 million was one of the biggest mistakes I saw in free agency this year. And they'll regret that when he has a calf injury in May. It's going to be a problem. Webb, did you like these signings? Eh, I liked the Mikhail Bridges signing for sure. They probably could have offset some of the... Chris Paul money and redirected that to DeAndre Jordan, sorry, DeAndre Ayton, uh, who they failed to reach a max agreement with uh, yesterday, the deadline. Um, I'm not saying he was worth the max money, but Chris Paul definitely wasn't worth that contract that they gave, not at this age. So I I, I didn't think their signings were that great. What they needed was more of a, a, a inside presence. They needed some, some, some big boys on, on Phoenix and they didn't do that. I agree. Uh, I think that they will have some regrets for some of these deals very shortly. They didn't really lose much this year. Though. They only lost Tory Craig to Indianapolis for two years, $10 million. He played pretty well for them last year, but I think not a big loss. Yeah, I'd agree. Okay. This team's depth chart. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, Jay Crowder, DeAndre Aiden. Those are the starters. Their key backups are Cam Payne, Landry Shamit. Cam Johnson, JaVale McGee, Alfred Payton, and first-round pick last year, Jalen Smith, who did nothing. What are this team's strengths, Webb? Uh, I think outside shooting, um, depth, sort of running it back from last year, so that familiarity will help. Uh, their backcourt, uh, playing in transition, and uh, and yeah, I think those are their, their big um, strengths. I think this team's strengths are running it back. This was a good team last year that made the finals. I think they're just a solid team. They have no gigantic holes where like this is going to be a huge problem for them. They have some young guys that need to improve over last season, but year two, year three in the league, they should get better. So I think this is a really solid team, but they have some weaknesses. They were exposed in the finals quite a bit. What do you think this team's weaknesses are this season, though? I sort of touched on it before. It's their, um, it's their front court. It's their ability to really bang and get gritty and get dirty and 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 um, compete with the upper echelon of the West inside the paint. They have DeAndre Ayton, and that's it. JaVale McGee is not going to get many minutes. He's not going to do much. Um, I think they need to fortify this front court. It's too small, man. When the when the three ball is not working, this team's in trouble. And and Minnesota showed sorry Milwaukee showed that last year. I think that the Suns not giving DeAndre Ayton that money. Shows what they think of him, that he got exposed in the finals, and that they don't think he is an elite big man. And the game's kind of moving away with, from his kind of player. I think it was smart not to pay him. I think he's a good player, but for where the league's going, he's not it. So, good luck, DeAndre, and getting paid. I 100% agree. I think I think he's a good player, a solid rim runner, but you don't need to pay him that kind of money. Mikel Bridges is more of a guy that's going to be... Um, that's going to be valued than DeAndre Ayton currently. Their over-under is 51 and a half wins. What do you have here? Ooh, that's really that's really close to what they had last year. They had 51 last year. Um, I think they're a good regular season team. Give me the slight under. I think teams are wise to them from last year. I also think that they benefited from teams like the Lakers and Clippers um, getting hurt. Give me the slight under. I think they're around 49 wins, really, as a team. I'm taking the over. I think this is a really strong team. I could see 55 wins. I think that this team may be in the Utah dilemma, where if one of their best players is a center that can't play in some playoff games, they're going to have issues. But in the regular season, they will dominate. So that's what I think there. I have the over. Okay. Sacramento time, Webb. I want to breeze through this because I do not care even a little bit about this team. 
in 2020, they went 31 and 41. And their coach is Luke Walton, who I thought would get fired, but it's still there. Did he get fired? The look on your face means he got fired. No, no, he's still there. Uh, as of 624 Eastern <laughs> yeah. on Tuesday, uh, he's still 624 p.m. Eastern time. He's still the coach. I don't think he lasts the entire season. There's been too much with this guy. And he hasn't done a great job. There's also been some off-the-court issues that he's had. Um, love him as a Laker, uh, former Laker you know, alumni, but I don't think he lasts this season. Okay, In the draft, they took, with round one, pick nine, Davion Mitchell, a point guard from Baylor. And round two, pick 39, they took Nemes Queda, a center from Utah State. I love Davion Mitchell coming into the draft. I do not like his fit here. They, their two best players are point guards. They took a third one. It seems like a mistake to me. Do you agree with that? No, I don't think it's a mistake because I think they're going to deal one of these guys. They're getting, they're getting Buddy Hield or Halliburton uh, or both out of Sacramento. That's that. That's my thought. Hopefully, because right now it's ridiculous. In free agency, they signed, they re-signed Rakan Holmes, four years, forty-six million. They re-signed Maurice Harkless, two years, nine million. They re-signed Terrence Davis, two years, eight million. And they got Alex Len from Washington for two years, $7.6 million. Eh, it's kind of how I feel about all these signings. None of them are game breakers that I think are very good players at all. Agreed. They lost my boy, Hassan Whiteside, to Utah for one year, $2.4 million. And uh hurts my heart because I love Hassan Whiteside, and he was terrible last season. He was your your fantasy basketball like sleeper, number one sleeper. Yeah, that, that did not work out. <laughs> <laughs> it was a tough look. They're not all winners. <laughs> Good for him still being in the league. I was shocked after last year. I was like, they're, he kind of is like Rudy Gobert, though. Uh, a guy I hate. <laughs> uh, they're Hall Famer. They're future Hall terrible. of Famer. Hassan? Oh, definitely not Hassan. No, Rudy Gobert. Future Hall of Famer for sure. He'll be remembered for some things. I'm not sure it's a Hall of Fame. <laughs> uh, they're depth chart. Point guard, De'Aaron Fox. Shooting guard, Tyrese Halliburton. Small forward, Harrison Barnes. Power forward, not Marvin Bagley the third anymore. And their centers are Con Holmes. Their key backups, Buddy Heald, Mo Harkless, Tristan Thompson, Davion Mitchell, Terrence Davis, Alex Len. What are this? So I will say before we get to this, that uh, Marvin Bagley's agent just came out with a statement that Marvin Bagley is not in the opening night rotation. And... He is furious that they did not trade him at last year's deadline or over the summer. So the ESPN depth chart is apparently wrong. Getting into that web, what are this team's strengths? Because Marvin Bagley was a key part for me. Yeah. Well, now they're not. They're definitely not winning the NBA championship. Coop. Uh, I would say shooting. This team can shoot. Um, Darren Fox can stroke it. Uh, Buddy Hield, Harrison Barnes, uh, Davion Mitchell. You know. 3 and D guy, Ty Halliburton, Terrence Davis, Mo Harkless, of course, specialist. Uh, this team can shoot the three, and I think that's their biggest strength. I, I think it's their depth at guard. Having D- Fox, Halliburton, Heald, uh, Mitchell, that's that's really good depth there. and that, That's solid. Uh, for their weaknesses, I wrote, I don't love the front court, and Marvin Bagley is too unreliable. And... Boy, was I right, <laughs> because goodly Sacramento hates him, too. Do you think he's bad, or are they just mad they didn't take Luka? Like, what, what, is it more one than the other? I think it's the Luka thing really bothers them now. Yeah, and it, and I think it's also he can't stay on the court. Um, I think Marvin Bagley is solid. Number two overall solid that we're going to remember. No, uh, but I think he's solid. I think he's definitely going to have a place in the NBA for the next few years. Um, I think their their front court is very weak. Rashawn Holmes is fine. Like I think he's he's a, a good player, but you're never going to be scared to play this team. This team is also a terrible defensive team. You know, Davion Mitchell is hopefully going to help that, but this team is not good defensively. You're going to be able to score on this team at will. I think they're going to be one of the worst defensive teams, probably bottom bottom five in the league. Son Whites, I could have fixed that. Uh, they're over under thirty six and a half. <laughs> I'll take the under. I, I just, I think this team becomes a seller pretty early on. I think Walton gets fired like 17 games into the year. 
I think this is a mess. They're going for the number one pick next season. Like this is gonna be a bad year for the Sacramento Kings. Thirty six and a half is the is the OU. Yes, they won thirty one games last year. Are they are they six seven games better than last year? Uh, ten more games. They're playing ten more games as well. You gotta consider that as well. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's that's ten more losses potentially for Sacramento. Exactly. Uh, they're gonna be fun. They're gonna be you know they're gonna have some real like league pass alert games. 36 and a half. Give me the under. Slightly. Slightly. Smart. Okay, this division, I think it ends up Lakers in first, Phoenix second, Golden State third, Clippers fourth, Sacramento in last place. What is your order? All right. So here comes the the shocker. I love my Lakers, as you know. I think the order is Golden State number one, Lakers second, Phoenix third, Clippers fourth, Sacramento fifth in the division. Do you have Golden State being the three seed? Because I would appreciate that very much. I didn't work out the Western Conference standings just yet, but I do have Golden State in the top four, at least. I'll remember that for next year. Okay. <laughs> the The Northwest in 2020 finished Utah first at 52-20, and 20, Denver second at 47-25, and 25, Portland third at 42-30, and 30, Minnesota fourth at twenty three and forty nine, Oklahoma fifth at twenty two and fifty. Utah was the one seed, Denver was the three, and Portland was the six. Denver in twenty twenty finished forty seven and twenty five. Their coach is Mike Malone. I think he's a pretty good coach, Rob. He's not terrible, but I think he's pretty solid. What do you think? I like Mike Malone quite a quite a bit, and I think he's well respected around the league. I like him. In the draft, they had one pick. In the first round, pick 26, they took Bones Highland, a guard from VCU, which has to be one of the best basketball names I've ever heard in my life. A guy named Bones is someone you don't want to mess with. That's that's just for sure. So good pick there. Favorite fighter is John Bones Jones, so I agree. Yeah, I bet you do love John Bones Jones. Disgraceful. In free agency. Disgraceful, Web. In free agency. Denver signed Jermichael Green. They re-signed him for two years, $16 million. Signed Jeff Green from Barkland for two years, $9 million. They re-signed Will Barton for two years, $3 million. And they re-signed Austin Rivers for one year, $2.4 million. I think the Austin Rivers re-signing was good. I kind of like Jeff Green for some reason. I don't know why, but I kind of like him. And Jermichael Green, he's always kind of around. Like he's not great, but he's okay. I don't mind any, I don't mind any of these signings. I mind the re-signings. I don't mind the signings. I like Jeff Green. I think I agree with you. As you would say, professional player. He's going to have a place in the league for a while. Um, always going to contribute. Always a good fill-in guy. I like Jermichael Green. Okay, you know he's all right. Um, yeah, I'm a. I'm a fan of Jeff Green ever since the OKC get days. Yeah, he's solid. He's an NBA yeah. player, exactly. I would never not want him on my team. If you had a good team, you probably wouldn't want him, but for a bad team, sure. No, he's good, man. I like him. Okay. They lost JaVale McGee to Phoenix for one year, five million, and Paul Millsap to Brooklyn for one year, two point six million. I forgot Paul Millsap was on this team. I think so did Denver, for being honest though. I don't really count the JaVale departure as a loss. Uh, because I forgot that he was on Denver and he did nothing. But um, I think Millsap is, you know, he's a staple in in the Denver Nuggets uh, history books in terms of like just in the past, like 10 years, remembering him. Did he um, do so anything rem- last year? For an old guy, he was okay. Are they going to miss like him? Probably not. But I like Millsap. Like he was fun, especially Utah days. I like him. So I always have a place in my heart for Millsap. Uh, no big losses. Other than, is, other than Jamal Murray with his injury. And we have no idea when he's coming back. They have been very tight with information so far. So hopefully he's back soon, but we will find out. Yeah, the reports are the all-star break, but you can't rely on that. No. It could be on Kawhi's timeline. Uh, their depth chart. Monty Morris at point guard. Shooting guard, Will Barton. Small forward, Michael Porter Jr. Power forward, Aaron Gordon. Center, Nikola Jokic. Their key backups are Compazzo, Austin Rivers, Jeff Green, Jamichael Green, Bones Highland, 
And PJ, PJ Dozier, what are this team's strengths? Web uh, number one, Nikola Jokic. Number two, I would say, is the chemistry. I think the the fluidity and the ball movement on this team would be great. Um, I didn't know Highland's name was Bones until a few weeks ago. I know him as Nashawn Highland, but Bones is a very cool nickname. Is that like Jack Rabbit Jones? No, Jack Rabbit is ridiculous. I mean, his bones. I, if if his mother named him Bones, I would respect him way more than naming him Deshaun. For the record, so if if, if his name is Bones, he better be good. Um, you got to live up to Bones, and 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 I know Bones Jones is going through some stuff right now. I That's like an understatement. Yeah, I like <laughs> him as a fighter. I don't know if Bones will still be in the UFC <laughs> in the next little bit, but as a fighter, I like him. Off the court, sorry, out of the octagon, I do not respect what he's done. At all, we also forgot about uh, uh, Bo Bo and my boy uh, Marcus Howard. Man, he got re-signed too. Come on, Coop, Marcus Howard, show him some he, love. He must not have made Spot Tracks uh, <laughs> signing because you guys I went contract. Exactly, <laughs> they don't count those. They don't count those at all. They just named the real contracts, so that's why they were not mentioned there. So tough break for your boy. Who Three is, contracts are contracts uh, too. Basically out of the league. You snob. Yeah. You snob. Uh, their strengths. I had basically exactly what you said. I had ball movement, elite scoring, and Jokic. He's the current MVP for a reason. They should have. He should keep Denver competitive. And for their weaknesses, I don't like their guard depth without Jamal Murray. And I think they have some key injury risks. Like if Jokic goes down, he's been really healthy so far. But Michael Porter Jr. has asked to play a big role in this team, and he is not a bastion of health. Someone that you can rely on, I think, for 82 games. So that is the Denver weakness to me. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, if, no, if Jokic goes down, this is a lottery team, for sure. Uh, I'd say their interior defense. I don't care how people rant and rave about Aaron Gordon's defense. He's not a difference maker on this Denver team. I, I honestly don't care. This team is not going to be a good defensive team. I think people are going to score on them quite a bit. Um, I think you, you're going to be able to rebound on this team like crazy. Jokic will get his 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 double doubles, but you're going to get a lot of um, you're going to be able to get a lot of second chance points on this team. And I agree with you. Um, also their bench. This team was a deep team three four years ago, but I think they're pretty thin. I don't like the second unit that much. There. The over under is forty seven and a half wins. I'm taking the over. I'm betting on Jokic. He's the MVP. This is solely a bet on him staying healthy, playing all season. I think he is too good to not win 48 games. If the Denver Nuggets win 48 games, Nikola Jokic, it's going to be hard to not give him the MVP this year, especially with Murray down. But give me the under. I want the under on this. Fair enough. You're usually wrong. Okay, the Minnesota Timberwolves are up next. In 2020, they went 23-49. and 49. Their head coach is Chris Finch. That drew some controversy during the season, but they ended the season almost at 500, so it could have been a good move. Do you like Chris Finch, the coach? Uh, Not at all. Not at all. So, no. Their final 25 games, they went 12 and 13 when he was there. So hopefully that means he did something right because they were terrible without him. There's a little bit of hope. A little bit of hope. Isn't that a little misleading? Because I swear D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley were hurt in the beginning of the season. And Towns was basically out for a lot of the year, too. They were 4-18 yeah. and 18 without Towns. Yeah, so, so I think that's a little misleading. Sam, he might, have done, he might have done a good job. Who knows? He might have done something good. That's all I'm saying. Give the guy a chance. Uh, they have some key draft picks. Oh, wait. No, they didn't. They had zero draft picks. I don't know why teams in the West don't like their draft picks, but they apparently do not. In free agency, they signed, they re-signed Jared Vanderbilt, three years, $13 million, and Jordan McLaughlin, three years, $6.5 million. Uh, I do not personally really care about either of these signings. Do you? This team did nothing. Exactly. Uh, they had no losses either in free agency, which I think is impressive. So their starters, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Josh Okogie, Jaden McDaniels, and Carl Anthony Towns are the starters. Their second team, Pat Beverly, Malik Beasley, Nas Reed, Jared Vanderbilt, 
Torian Prince. Yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, what is this team's strengths, Web? I think their biggest strength is the, the ability to score the basketball. This team has a lot of scorers. D'Lo, uh, Anthony Edwards had a great rookie campaign last year. Um, most people remember him, you know, the casual fans, I think, will remember him for the poster on uh, Utah Wantanabe on the Raptors. But um, he, he was a scorer. Carl Towns, very versatile player. Um, but I think they can score, especially with Malik Beasley. Naz Reed is a guy that I really like in the front court scoring. I have it as outside shooting with Towns and Edwards. They're good scorers of the basketball, but their weaknesses, I think, is defense. Towns is seven foot, so people think he's a great defender. He gets some blocks, but I think he's a pretty average defender. And Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell have never played defense in their lives. So they have some issues there. I just, I don't really believe in this team's defensive ability at all. Ready for the list, Coop? Let's keep it short. Let's be reasonable here. All right, I'll take 10 seconds. I have a few points. Experience, or lack thereof. Motivation. The young players on this team are paid. Um, rebounding. Other than Towns, not really worried. Um, front court depth. Other than Towns, not really worried. And defense. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to kill them like you did. I felt bad enough for this team. It's really bad. Terrible team. Their over-under is 35 and a half. This number shocked me. I thought it would be much, much lower than that. So I'm taking the under. I just don't believe in this team. I think Towns is motivated to go off this year because he had a bad year last year. But I think he's not enough and guys will begin asking for trades like December 1st when they're 2-12. and This is going to be a bad team. I'm taking the under as well. They won 23 games last year. What did they do to become uh, 13 games better than that? Give me health. the under. It's just health, I think. I just think that fit, the bet is Finch is good, and they'll be healthy this year, which I have my doubts about both things. D'Lo can't stay healthy, so I don't trust that at all. And D'Lo will start snitching on everybody if things are going good. So you don't want that in your locker room either. Can't trust them. You know, I actually always forget that until you bring it up. You'll never forget. I, I remember Rats forever. Takashi 6'9", and D'Lo, same person. <laughs> <laughs> You're putting them in the same category? FBI informants and uh, the Nick you Young... Uh... Twitter's the new FBI. That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The Oklahoma City Thunder are up next. In 2020, they went 22-50 and 50 because they wanted to lose games. Their head coach is Mark Dagnall, a guy who I have not heard of before this. I totally forgot he was the coach. ESPN, for some reason, still has Billy Donovan listed as their head coach, by the way, which I was I found hilarious. You need to stop relying on ESPN for these depth charts. I forgot that uh, Mark Daniel was the coach. I actually did. Um, I don't know how, how to spell his last name, so whatever. Uh, eh, exactly. He'll be out. He'll be out in a couple of years, if not this year. In the draft, round one, pick six, they took Josh Giddy, a guard from Australia. Round one and pick 18, they took Trey Mann, a point guard from Florida. Round two, pick 32, they took Jeremiah Robinson Earl, a power forward from Villanova. And round two, pick 55, they took Aaron Wiggins, a forward from Maryland. For some reason, I just assumed Aaron Wiggins was Andrew Wiggins' brother, and he's not, which was interesting to me. Uh, I did not like Josh Giddy that much in the draft. I thought Trey Mann was a good pick, though, who I think will probably play over Josh Giddy relatively soon. You you literally asked me if Aaron Wiggins was related to Andrew Wiggins, and I told you no. And he still he still thought it was his brother after that. That was I literally googled it today. I swear to God. <laughs> Aaron um, and Andrew, that's too that's too much of a coincidence. That's too close. Yeah. It is close. It is close. Um, the draft. I mean, even if Josh Giddy turns out to be good, they didn't have to take him six overall. I love Trey Mann. I like Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I thought the draft was not terrible. I read an article yesterday that Sam Presti has the best job in sports because no one expects him to win. And if they do, he gets all the credit in the world for a good draft pick. So uh, lucky guy there. In free agency, this team signed almost nobody. They got Mike Muscala for two years, $7 million. Uh, That's fine, I guess. They had some losses, though. Kemba Walker to the Knicks for two years, $18 million after he got bought out. 
Tony Bradley to Chicago for two years, 3.8 million. And Spy Mikalyuk to Toronto for two years, 3.6 million. Kemba Walker was a nightmare there. Couldn't stay healthy, couldn't play. And uh, that's basically what I took away from this. Anything to add there? Yeah, Kemba was, I don't know why they even traded for him. He wasn't going to play for them. He's on uh, on the Knicks now. It doesn't matter. I like Spy Mikalyuk. He's on the Raptors now. Um, Former Laker pick. I think these are big losses. The team was horrible with these guys. Now they don't have them. Um, and you're right. Sam Presti has the best job in sports because I don't think he's going to get fired. And he, not only does he get paid to be horrible, but his reputation doesn't suffer from being horrible. Exactly. They're like, ah, it's a small market. Players don't want to play there. So he gets yeah, no they, blame and no and all the credit. It's ridiculous. But it's not even like they see him as like an average executive. People rant and rave about Sam Presti like he's a godsend. It's terrible. What was the Philly guy's name? Uh, oh, wow. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, so Sam Hinkie at least got fired, like you said. Presti is going to be there forever. It's insane that it's like it's no criticism and all the credit. If a player that he takes at 18 even looks respectable, that's all this Hinkie's a genius. He's a genius. And he is not. This team's depth chart. Point guard, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Shooting guard, Lou Dort. Small forward, Josh Giddy, Power forward, Darius Baisley. Center, Isaiah Roby. Their key backups are Trey Mann, Alexei Pokayevsky, Derek Favors, Mike Muscala, Theo Maladin, and Jeremiah Robinson-Earl. What are this team's strengths? So you sort of criticize the Lakers for being too old. This team has youth, I guess, in the corner. Um, and they can score the basketball. I think this team is going to be able to score. The roster is bad, but I think they will be competitive in some games. Would I ever want this roster? No. But um, SGA, who probably will ask for a trade or get traded within the next couple of years, uh, can definitely be like a Swiss Army knife. Uh, Dort can shoot the basketball and score it. Josh Giddey's played good in the played well in the preseason. Um, I like Trey Mann and Darius Baisley is, uh, you know, fourteen and eight a night. Team is not good. I'm not saying it's well constructed, but I think they can score. They're not going to be bottom of the league in scoring. I have my doubts about the scoring ability of this team. I have my I have serious doubts. Uh, their strength to me is guard defense because Lou Dort's a great defender, and I think SGA is a pretty good defender when he tries. But their weaknesses. I said the Lakers are too old. This team is way too young. They have no veterans at all, basically. Like, this is terrible. This team tried to lose games last year. They had their 23-year-old SGA, like, not playing games for load management. It was insane to get a higher draft pick. It was disgraceful. This team is going to try to lose games again this year. They're wasting SGA's youth. Uh, I think this is disgraceful, by the way. Yeah. I don't think the racing is used. He signed the contract. He is perfectly happy making money in OKC. Um, and this is the NBA where you can dictate where you want to go. So he's fine staying there for now. Um, I have their weakness as the front court. I think it's garbage. Uh, depth, I think they're a very thin team. Actually, defense is one of their weaknesses because although what you say about SJ and Dort is true, other than that, I'm not really intimidated by this team. And in April, when they're resting the majority of these guys. It's going to be a joke. For sure. Their over-under is 22 and a half. I think this is the lowest over-under of any team. And I'm still taking the under. This team is trying to lose games. They don't care about winning. Sam Presti gets rewarded for losing. So, yeah, this team's the under for me. Uh, how many years is Sam Presti's contract extension going to be when he gets it for doing this terrible job? Life. Get the Pat Riley contract. He um he and now don't get me wrong I think Sam Presti has a great eye for talent, um but he's done a terrible job in OKC. I will take the over for OKC because they won 22 games last year. This team is not that much worse than last year. Give me the slide over. Okay. The Portland Trail Brazers in 2020 they went 42 and 30. They have a new head coach and Chauncey Billups. I think he's going to be a good coach, Rob. We haven't seen it yet, but I think he's going to be a good head coach. Players can relate to him. He's won a championship as a player. He can yell at guys. I think this, I think this is a good hire for Portland. I'm not keen on the hire for Portland. Uh, you know, I disagree. I think 
No, I think Chauncey should definitely be given a chance as a head coach. I just don't know if Portland, with what is going on with Dame and them wanting to win now, if he was the right choice. Um, but I agree they will relate to him. I think he's respected. I think he needed a chance. But I'm not sure if I like it for Portland. Elsewhere, I think I, I would have liked Chauncey. Just not in that city. That's disgraceful, Web. I think giving Chauncey a chance is a good idea for Portland. I respect them very much for doing it. Terrible. You know that? You know Chauncey was one of my favorite players growing up. Yeah, because you're a bandwagon. Detroit wins, so you like them. Then the Lakers become good. You're a Lakers fan. You're a hack. I never, I never liked Detroit Pistons. I still, I still don't like them. But I loved Chauncey. It's convenient. Uh, in the draft, they took in round two, pick forty-two, Greg Brown the third, a small forward from Texas. I think that will have very little impact on the team. Skip. In free agency. They re-signed Norman Powell, five years, $90 million. They got Tony Snell from Atlanta for one year, $2.3 million, And Cody Zeller from Charlotte for one year, $2.3 million. That is $35 million too much from Norman Powell. A bunch of guys got these five for 90 deals. And I do not think Norman Powell is that good a player. Yeah, I don't think Norman Powell is necessarily worth $90. But then I saw Duncan Robinson get the five for 90 as well. Same deal. And I was like, I can... I can be okay with Norman Powell getting five for ninety if Duncan Robinson gets five for ninety. I'm not saying I would want my team to do it, but if Duncan Robinson gets it, I think Norman Powell can get it. I'd rather have Duncan Robinson than Norman Powell, just personally. I think he's a better shooter, and that's oh, why he's, he's definitely a better shooter. But I think Powell's better, a better player. Is he? Yeah, because I think Norman Powell's really improved his outside game, and he can get to the basket. Keep lying to yourself. They lost Zach Collins to San Antonio for three years, twenty-two million. Enos Cantor to Boston for one year, $2.6 million, and Carmelo Anthony to Lakers for one year, $2.6 million. I think Cantor is going to be a big loss for this team. I like Enos Cantor. I love Enos Cantor. All these analytics people who have argued with over the years have told me how Enos Cantor is a sieve on defense and he's, you know, you can't play him in late minutes. I was like, come on. Enos Cantor is one of the most efficient players on offense. Double-double machine, crashes the glass. I love Enos Cantor. Big loss. I think he's good, man. I don't get why everybody hates him. He can't get bigger contracts. I think he's a good player. I don't get it. It's because the media ruins uh, his chances by saying how he's such a sieve on defense and 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 you can't put him in a late game situation. So then GMs start to start to adapt this mentality. <clears throat> and also, that. you know, he's been and he's outspoken as about well. LeBron. That's why True. the media wants and to be friends with LeBron, so they kill Enos Cantor. That's what it is. Maybe. And also politically, I think, you know, there's that as well. Uh, so he's had some off-the-court sort of comments he's made that, you know, anyway. Yeah. Um, their, yeah. their depth chart. Dame at point guard. CJ McCollum at shooting guard. Naren Powell at small forward. Robert Covington at power forward. And Nurkic at center. Their key backups. Anthony Simons. Ben McLemore. Tony Snell. Larry Nance Jr. Cody Zeller. Dennis Smith Jr. is on this team, and Nasir Little. I forgot Dennis Smith Jr. was on this team, Web. I think this team's strength is shooting. Game, CJ, Norman Powell can all stroke the three. I think that's clearly this team's strength. Do you agree with that? Yeah, this team's going to be another league pass alert team. They're going to put up and near 110 points a game. It's going to be fun. Um, it's going to be a fun team. I agree that shooting is one of their strengths, scoring in particular, and their backcourt. They have one of the best best backcourts in the league. Okay. Yeah, their weakness uh, is defense. Everyone says Robert Covington's a great defender, and Larry Nance is supposed to be a great defender. Last season, I didn't see it at a Covington very much, and Dame and CJ don't really play defense, and Norman Powell is not a great defender either. So I, I just think that this team will struggle defensively They'll be in a lot of 125 to 121 type games. The rule is if the media and, uh, you know, journalists and journalists and analysts like you, you're automatically given a great defender tag. Literally. 100%. Uh, I don't believe this great defender thing because everyone's a great defender these these days. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. And I think the thin, I don't think they're a very deep team. And I think they're, they're, they're undersized in the front court. As much as I like Nurk. Uh, other than that, I think they're very undersized, and I'm not a huge Covington fan either. Like, I think he's, I think he's okay. I think he's solid. I wouldn't mind having him on my team, but I'm not giving him big money. Yeah, fair. Okay, the over/under for this team is 44 and a half. What are you taking? 
I'm taking the slight over because I think Portland's a good regular season team. I agree. I'm taking the over as well. This is a good team. Chauncey, I think, will bring us some new hope to this team. I think it's the over. Okay, Utah. In 2020, they went 52-20. and 20. Their head coach is Quinn Snyder. I think he is one of the best coaches in basketball. Big fan of this coach. Laker disciple. I think he's a good coach as well. I agree. In the draft, they took, in round two, pick 40, Jared Butler, a point guard for Baylor. I think we can move on pretty fast from that. In free agency. <laughs> I thought it was good. I liked it. Sure. Of course you did. In free agency, they signed Mike Conley for three years, $68 million. They got Rudy Gay from San Antonio for three years, $18 million. And Hassan Whiteside from Sacramento for one year, $2.4 million. I thought they gave Mike Conley too much money. Beside that, okay, sure. What do you think? <sighs> I don't think their offseason is going to change anything for me. Basically how I feel as well. And they lost George Niang to Philly for two years, $6.7 million. So nothing big there. I don't mind him. But yeah, I agree. So Utah's st- starters are Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Baby Boy, Boyan Bogdanovich, Royce O'Neal, and Rudy Gobert. And their key backups are Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles, Rudy Gay, Hassan Whiteside, Eric Pascal, and Jared Butler. What are this team's strengths? I think they have a few strengths. Perimeter shooting, defense, uh, depth, interior presence overall, uh, especially with Gobert, future Hall of Famer. Yeah, Yeah, I have interior defense. I basically agree with everything you just said there. I think this is a great regular season team. Play really well. I'm a big fan of this team in the regular season. And their weakness is playoff success. Because this team is doomed for failure in the playoffs yet again because of Rudy Gobert. That's just what it That's is. That's a good one. That's a good weakness. I didn't have that. But, you know, I didn't think Utah was going to go very far, but that's a good one. Um, I have uh, front court depth. If Gobert goes down or if he does nonsense, uh, they're screwed. And they rely too much on a three ball. They live by the three, die by the three. So if they're not hitting the three, they're screwed. I agree. Okay, they're over under is 53 and a half. I'll take the over here. I think this is clearly a 55-win team. They're built for the regular season. Easy over for me. 100% over. It's a good team. If they won the West, sorry, if they came in first in the West in the regular season, wouldn't surprise me again. Give me the over. Good regular season team. That's where it pretty much ends. And my division prediction is first Utah, second Denver, third Portland, fourth Minnesota, fifth Oklahoma City. So that is my my order for this team, for this division. I have Utah in first, Portland second, Denver third, Minnesota fourth, OKC fifth. Okay, sounds good. Okay, Webb, let's end it there. We're going to save the Atlantic division and the Southwest for the next show. Webb, I was pretty surprised with these results. Were you surprised with when you did these breakdowns for these teams? Yeah, um, a little bit. I was, especially not choosing my Lakers to be number one overall. That's just you reverse jinxing because you're a scumbag. That's what that was. And you're not fooling anybody. I'm 100% going to hedge when they become number one in the Western Western standings. Of course you are. <laughs> okay, everybody, please follow us on Twitter at Rookie Vietnam. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We really appreciate it. Anything to add before we get out of here, Webb? I really hope the Lakers come out with a bang tonight. Pathetic. I really hope so. Basketball is back. I'm so happy for that. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great night. We out.